welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Thank you so much, Luke. And thank you all for uh, inviting me here today. Um, I'm very nervous right now, so I'm going to open with a prayer. Just for today, God, ask myself to be filled with me and do with me as thou wilt. Release from me the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help with thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. It's so good to see so many uh, familiar faces. I've been on this meeting a couple of times and uh, um, invited. It's good to see a lot of my uh, friends from my uh, my groups here at home too. Thanks for thanks for stopping by. I I really appreciate the support. Um, so just for today, just for today, this is how I've stayed sober for three years just one day at a time, just for today. Um, I am going to share a bit about my story um, because I'm grateful to remember that I'm a sexaholic today and I need the help of God and the help of the group um, to remember that I'm not alone um, and I don't have to take a two-year chunk-sized bite (laughs) to stay sober. More on that in a second. Um, So, where to start? Um, When I was in middle school, high school age, um, I I grew up in the church, and I got to. Um, they clumped the middle school and high school all together, and um, I went from going in, from being in like a, a class of I don't know ten or twenty to like a hundred, um, and I wasn't used to that. I was used to getting the recognition of my teachers, and um, and not having to compete with that many people um, to to have that attention and recognition and so when I moved up to that new class in um in my religious community um it was hard for me to like I said get the recognition I I was used to having um a couple years later I got to um okay so I was homeschooled up until um our way through high school. I got it to, into 10th grade. Um, 
my family had the privilege of going to a private school. Um, and it was religious in nature. Um, but that didn't stop anything, honestly. Um, I was hearing jokes and illusions that my classmates were making that the sheltered kid had never heard of. Um, I didn't understand and I didn't fit in. Um, so, oh, also, um, back in the church realm, uh, people were sharing these, like, crazy stories of how their life was and then how God had changed them and everybody was giving them, like, all this, oh, it's not the right word, um, all this attention, basically. Um, and I didn't get to have that because I grew up there and I didn't have a big life-changing story and I wanted to have a big life-changing story. And so the accumulation of not fitting in, wanting to be recognized, not getting the attention that I, well, needed, um, led me to say, okay, God, here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to go look at some pornography uh, and then, you know, a little time down the road, I'll give it to you, quote unquote. Um, and and that'll make my story sound cute, cooler and I can be recognized and I can fit in and I can get the jokes that the kids are telling um, and everything will be great. Solid thinking, eh? Um, <laughs> that is uh, what I thought at the time. So I, uh, you know, I started um getting into pornography or looking at it um and i would set up all these roadblocks of course um like okay i'm not gonna you know pull anything up unless i know that like everybody is out of the house and has been gone for like a solid hour they didn't like turn around because they forgot their coat or something um and i also said like i wouldn't go to certain places on the internet i wouldn't go to certain sites search certain topics like that would be too far um and so um that's that's how it all started i guess um and for a time i had control over it i did and i kept those boundaries and and it was all okay um yes um then eventually as the story goes common story um it took control over me and i Thus began the the attempts to cease the acting out and um, uh, the the boundaries I had put up were yielding less and less new um, and that was a problem because of course I got used to or I needed a a new um, I wasn't getting the high I was used to getting. Um, and uh, so I started crossing some of those boundaries and like make not being careful about making sure everybody was out of the house and um, searching on different websites and stuff. Um, and the shame started to catch up. Um, and I would earnestly pray like on a Sunday, like God, take this away from me. Like I don't want it anymore. <laughs> I think um, take it away, make me better. Um, just like snap your fingers and poof, I'm healed. Wonderful. That's what I wanted to happen. Um, spoiler alert, that didn't happen. Um, 
So um, continuing, I'm in time. I'm a I'm in college now, and uh, I was able to stay sober for a while, and then the next year I. I came back to college and I slipped and fell hard. Um, and I ventured to let somebody in on my secret because I was hurting so bad and, and thought so poorly of myself. Um, and she was really great and encouraging and said, you know, share me for a while. And then she said, this is beyond me. You got to go talk to a counselor. And I was like, oh. I have to tell another person in the span of 24 hours. I have to tell four people in the span of 24 hours. Like this thing that I've kept to myself. I thought I had to take my grave with me. Okay. Um, so I did. And I got some outside help um, for my, what I perceived addiction, but it wasn't received that way. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Um, that bit of time really helped. I had somebody to talk to, somebody to air my dirty laundry at. Um, and I also came to a point where um, I really trusted the the people I was living with um, and, and I shared my struggle with them and um, it was a really beautiful time. They, uh, some of them also shared uh, their struggle with pornography and lust. Um, and it was a very, it was a bonding moment. It was very special, um, very special time. And so my housemates were also there to kind of help me out whenever I was struggling. I would say, hey, I just need to be with somebody. And I'd go sit down in the room and work on homework. Good. Um, then they graduated and I graduated and the counselor moved away and I didn't know how to use this to make phone calls um, like I'm doing now. And uh, I just lost track. I lost touch with everybody and um, I didn't have that community that I once had. Um, I didn't have anything. I moved back to Gainesville and got into a job that was really unhealthy, really not good for a, um, a sexaholic such as me um uh and i was also in a depression and um the you know the solid insane brain that i have was like oh you know what let's just google this um so i um like the search engine and it was like, oh, you're depressed? That's because your brain is lacking dopamine. And I was like, oh, I know how to get that. Um, and so after two years and a week, um, I didn't slip. I fell. I went right back out there on my cellular device and pulled up some porn so I could have that dopamine hit so I wouldn't feel nothing. Um, the apathy, the depression. Um, now I've lost my sobriety again and I had lost my sobriety again and that was was in denial for a while and I was like, what just happened? Um and so I I had been counting like by the week instead of by the day, like we do here. Um and I would count, okay, I got to hundred and five weeks 
0.2, like in two weeks following 105.4. Um, and that wasn't holding up very long. And so, um, then began a, a period of my life where, uh, oh, well, okay. So that wasn't working. And I wasn't willing to feel proud of myself again until I had that two years amount of time. Um, and then I could start feeling proud of myself again for like staying sober for another week. Um, thus, I tried to chew off a two-year chunk-sized bite of time. Um, and nothing in between mattered. And that really wasn't working. Uh, that is way too much time to think about staying sober. That's that's close to like staying sober for the rest of my life. Like this, just I can't. I can't even comprehend this time amount. Um, and so thus began a period in my life, a very dark period of my life, where I said, "Okay, God, I've asked you so many times to take this thing away. Clearly, you're not doing it. Um, I can do it better than you. So um, go away." Uh, in not as kind words. Um, and so I lived life like I thought life was to be lived. I, I um, got angry with other people on the road a lot. Um, I got pleasure like they, as this ambiguous form of people that like the other people of the world did. And um, and I was not nice to the people that I love. Um, and, um, it was just, it was a very dark time. And that spam lasted about 18 months. Um, then something happened. Um, was a phrase moment of clarity. I think it's in the big book somewhere. Somebody talks about a moment of clarity happened. And I could see that what I was doing was not fun. It was not enjoyable anymore. It was just not healthy and I wanted to get out. Um, this moment of clarity occurred in conjunction with um uh, a reminder of the past when I was sober for that two-year period of time and life was going well and I was talking to God um, as I understand him now and I had that community and I had that space to say the things that I can't say to anybody else um, and so Accumulation of these things uh, led me to, once again, Google <laughs> um, AA for porn, because I didn't even know where else to go. Um, and thus found the S programs and found the SA and found a local meeting and attended that meeting uh, later that week. Um, and the guys and the gal um, that the group was very welcoming and not as scary as I thought it would be um, in hindsight, but um, I mean, they went around, they told their stories and um, 
like just stuff that I, again I thought I had to, to take to my grave with me. Like, thank you. I see. Um, thank you for the time. Um, uh, right. Um, I had to take to my grave with me and were very generous and multiple times I think that night they said keep coming back and I thought wow what a concept okay I think I will um, <laughs> um and so I did and um and I've kept coming back and I got into a schedule of um how many meetings work for me um and at first it was like 14 a week ish um now it's something more like five or six um if i can make that um but uh just a general picture i guess of how, what it was like what happened and now what is it like now let me tell you um uh, I don't think I can tell you my whole story in 25 minutes. Um, you'll have to ask me about it later in the in the questions, or uh, just call me later if you're a gal. Um, uh, how am I staying sober just for today? Keeping um, the routine as much as I can is really helpful. I can get home from a long day's work. But if it's like 6.30 on a Thursday, I'm going to hit the road and drive through Gainesville traffic to get to my meeting. Um, uh, because if I don't, then I'll just be, I'll feel guilty that I could have maybe made it and decided to stay home instead because I was tired and then I'll start the shame spiral and self-pity and I don't need that. That's not a good way for me to stay sober today. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so today I take daily chunk-sized bites. Um, all I have is today. I can't change the past. I can't predict the future. All I have is right here, right now. Uh, one of my good friends from the Atlanta meetings is what time, where are you and what time is it? Right here, right now is the only correct answer. Right here, right now. Um, helps me to stay, remind me to stay in the moment and present. Um, and yeah. Um, a couple of days ago, um, I got to the end of the day and I thought, wow, I've totally wasted this day and what am I ever going to tell these people in Barcelona? Um, I have nothing to share and just kind of doubting myself and starting to beat up on myself. And then I pulled out my journal and was like, well, now hold on. Um, like, what are some of the good things that you did today? And I wrote them down in my journal. Like, I went out to breakfast with some friends that I haven't seen in a long time. I, um, I've went to the game night um, with my other friends and played not to win, but played to have fun, and um, which is a bit of a challenge for me. Um, 
I, I, I voluntarily did the dishes, which is huge for me. <laughs> that is on my resentment inventory. It's own thing. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, and then below that, I put like where I could have improved. Um, and even if I don't have those, like what I did right today sections, it's okay because um, when I get to the end of the day, um, I can say, wow, I did not use my time wisely today, but tomorrow's a new day and I'll try again then. And that's okay. And so as soon as I fall asleep, then when I, whenever I wake up, we'll have that renewed, renewed mercy. Um, and I can try again. Uh, another someone, I'm not sure who it was, but someone said, you know, hard days don't have to be long days. Um, uh, so it's okay to, you know, go to sleep early on the tough days. Um, don't have to make it very long uh, and sit in that pity. Um, what else? Just for today. Just for today, I'm grateful that uh, I get to say that I'm a sexaholic because um, I have got a forget a forgetting forgetter um, up here and. Uh, like that admission of like, oh yeah, I think I'm still sick maybe today. Um, that, that apparently still applies. I still need a meeting just for today. I mean, I'm not saying forever. I'm not saying tomorrow. I'm saying just for now, just for today. Um, and years ago, it was just one day at a time. I'm sober a lot of one day at a time. Um, just for today, I didn't know what exactly well I was going to say, but now that we've finally reached this today, <laughs> this is what's happening. Okay, I'm getting I'm getting meta. Um, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say, please go ahead and take me off that pedestal you've just placed me on. Um, because it's cold up there and it's lonely and I don't like it up there. I'm just one of you guys. I'm just, I'm also on this trudging, this road of happy destiny. Um, uh, I might be a little further ahead on the path than some, and I'm might be further behind on the path than some, but we're all working our way toward a common goal. And we all have that ditch um, six feet, two meters away from us um, to either side um, that we can easily slip into or jump into, whatever the case may be, um, we want to avoid. Um, I'm still learning. I still recognize I have a lot to learn. I still recognize I have steps to take. Um, and... I'm willing to set that just for today. So I'll pass for that. Thanks, guys. Um, my name is Mark Sexaholic. Um, thanks for your share, Melissa. Um, I'm very grateful that you're, um, I'm able to be a part of your recovery. Um, your share gives me a lot of hope. Um, you mentioned 
um, the dopamine hit and, um, and you're acting out. And, um, one thing that I really struggle with is, um, when I don't have less, just feeling I'm like, I'm literally spiritually dead. And, um, how did you get through that when you first started trying to get sober? I don't know if that makes sense, but not having that dopamine hit. Um, thanks. Thanks for the question, Mark. Huh. I'm not sure how to answer that. Um, it was hard, definitely hard. Um, in the early early days of sobriety, um, it was often hard. I mean, it still happens sometimes, but happened a lot more often then. Um, and uh, I can remember, well, one of the first things I did was um, rearrange my bedroom, uh, my sleeping arrangements, um, so that the the memories associated with acting out were not right there as soon as my head hit the pillow. Um, that was a little bit helpful to me. Um, I also, this is one of those things that I feel kind of dumb saying, but it honestly helped me. I slept with my hands up here for two years. <laughs> I just hand said to be next to face. Um, and that's exactly why I'm on the telephone. Um, I'll get my face back in here in a second. Um, you're muted, uh, Melissa. Yeah, Melissa, you're muted. Thank you. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. I, I was saying I remember calling my sponsor um, very late in the night saying, like, I'm I'm going crazy. I'm going to act out if something doesn't happen. And, and she was like, okay, here, do this, 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 and this. Like, get up, read whatever it is you've been reading in the white book. And ended up being the 18-wheeler and, like, go, like, wash your face and move around a little bit and, and call me back in a little bit if that doesn't work, kind of. Um, and that helped in the moment. Is it going to work for every time? I don't know. Um, but it helped that time. And I'm still sober. Thanks. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you, Melissa. I raised my hand as, as next person. <clears throat> Thank you so much for the topic, Melissa. Um, I wrote down some things like, so just for today, one day at a time, it's connected to keep coming back to keeping routine. Tomorrow is another day, you said also. And also you, you said something like, just for now, I'm a sexaholic or just for now, I'm sick. And for me, that, that helps me because I have a chronic depression, but it's just for today. It's not for eternity. Yeah, because if I, if, I, if I limit it to just for today, it's not who I am in my deepest core. It's something that I have now 
And someday it will be finished, maybe after this life, but whatever. And my question is, you said about keeping routine is helping you also to, to keep in the day. Could you elaborate a little bit more on how you keep routine? Sure. Thank you for the question and the comments, Luke. Um, what does my routine look like? Uh, first thing in the morning, hopefully, is I wake up um, and, well, <laughs> play Wordle. Um, and then I uh, will pray, like, Randy prayer just for today and then the third step prayer um, and that puts me in the right well it's not the right but a different frame of mind I mean maybe it is the right one but I'm not going to use that word um, uh, kind of I don't know. I one time I got to the uh, recently. I remember I got um, went to work, and uh, I my work involves a lot of um, uh, customer face to face interactions, um, and I was getting some irate folks, and and I was gonna I don't know ask God for help with. Like, thank you for your, <laughs> um, one of the things my sponsor taught me to say early on, and this is, it probably isn't even like program related, but just like I used to think too much, too highly of what other people thought of me. Uh, I still do at times, but um, whenever I get something that is negative towards me, um, I can say thank you for your opinion and walk away. Because <laughs> that's all it is, an opinion. Um, it's not, it doesn't define who I am. Um, uh, anyways, I was, I was going to ask God for help or something. And then I realized I hadn't talked to him at all yet. Um, and so I, you know, I, I got rid of my line of customers and was like serenity prayer, third step prayer. And I did notice a shift. It wasn't like a, a visual shift or like a tangible shift at all, but like, it was like a little lighter i didn't have to be bogged down so much it was a little bit lighter um which was cool uh so um serenity prayer there's a prayer first prayers of the day uh whenever that may occur um what else do i do um i call my sponsor regularly um used to be every day it was every day for the past, two, uh, for the first two and a half years. Um, then we got to a point where I didn't need to talk to her that often. And so we had a conversation about it. Um, and we determined, okay, at least once a week. Um, so now I call her once a week. Ish. Um, <laughs> once every 10 days, uh, depending on this. Okay. Whatever. That doesn't matter. About once a week. Um, and uh, connect with other sexaholics, I guess, you know, in a recovering manner. Thank you.
Thank you, Melissa. Thanks a lot. Uh, Juan Carlos, you were next. I guess, uh, well, I don't know, it's Nazi. Uh, well, uh, that's my term. Uh, thank you, Luke. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Melissa, for your share. Uh, I appreciate a lot. Uh, it has uh, elicited in, in me a remembrance of my childhood when days were uh, blurry, uh, were uh, glam, uh, were uh, boring for me, and I needed uh, to find something special in them. Uh, it was kind of excitation. I need excitation in my life. So I got added to excitation, to excitement. Uh, and now uh, in, in recovery, because I have no my, I have ever my drug, I have no my drug uh, that is last, uh, sexual activity. Uh, some days are overwhelming. Uh, I, I want, some days I wanted to, to melt down because I feel so, uh, so exhausted of uh, worrying my life. So how do you, uh, my question is, how do you cope with life, with normal days, regular days in your life? This is my question. Thank you. Thanks, Juan Carlos. Um, how do I cope with normal days in my life? Um, uh, normal days are a lot of the days that I have, um, I guess. It depends on how you consider what you consider to be normal. Um, so what I hear you saying is, uh, how do I practice recovery on days where I'm not at having the highest of high or the lowest of low, just what's in the middle? Okay. Um, well, I mean, you know, sticking to the routine I just mentioned. Um, going to meetings I am committed to being part of, um, praying throughout the day to the God of my understanding, um, uh, I learned, uh, the hard way that I need to have hobbies. And I know that's a, that's a funny sentence, um, but um, I learned that I was not. Um, I didn't. I didn't have conversation topics to talk to people, friends about, um, and I was uninteresting and and ill-equipped myself, um, and. I needed to, uh, my sponsor encouraged me to have a hobby, have more than one hobby, do something new, do something that you can talk about um, with friends. Um, and so I started branching out and um, sometimes I'll listen to a podcast and, and draw a picture about what I'm listening to or, um, well, right now I really, I don't know if it's much of a conversation topic, but it's all or autumn, if you will, uh, where I live and the trees are starting to co change colors and I like going and finding the prettiest, most vibrant orange and reds. And um, I hear all, and off of my screen there, my little screen picture is um, just this 
the red and orange trees coincidentally outside of the uh the meeting place of my first meeting my home group um so that's i guess a bit of a i a bit of personality if you will it's a bit of what melissa likes to do outside of a sober um so um i hope that answers your question yes indeed thank you for your tips thank you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Juan Carlos. Thank you, Melissa. Nancy, you're next. Yeah, hi, Melissa. It's good to see you. And thank you so much for sharing. Um, I love what you said about putting together. That's not the word you use. Sometimes I'll call it stringing together a lot of one day at a times. I really, really like that. I like a lot that you talked about that it was more dangerous for you to focus on a certain amount of time of sobriety, um, but that you can take little bits, little bites one day at a time. Um, one question that I have that just really, really jumped out at me. Um, I also have trouble with depression and um, it's thankfully it's, it's getting a lot better. Um, but you mentioned when you have a bad day, shorten it you know, just go to bed earlier. And, and I find myself doing the opposite. Mm. You know, when I'm, if I'm in a bad mood, I stay up longer or I'll push myself harder to do work that I really need to take a break from. Um, and I'll say to myself, I should go to bed early, I should go to bed early. Or something else is, is this time? In the beginning of the day, I'll say, I really want to do this. And then I get around to that time. No, I'm not in the mood. How do you, how do you go to bed early? I mean, do you have that voice in you? It's like, no, I don't really want to go to bed early. <laughs> anyway, I'll pass with that. <laughs> Thanks, Nancy. Um, appreciate your share and your question. Um, uh, and you in general. Um, how do I shorten it? I don't know. I just heard of this concept like a week ago. Um, but I guess a couple of days ago when I got to the end of the day and it was like, I don't know, nine or 10 in the evening. And I can't say I'm, I'm a night owl by choice. I get or by, by nature. Um, but on days where I need to be up early, you know, I can go to bed early. Um, like by, I mean, I would stay up till midnight easy. Um, but it was like nine or ten. And I was, you know, looking at my day, and it had been a pretty long day, um, or well, a hard day. Um, and I wanted to, you know, watch a video of a watch a video. Um, of something I was interested in um, to, you know, help me go to sleep. Instead, I pulled out my my uh, journal because I thought I'm gonna prepare for my speaker meeting. <clears throat> That's definitely not what ended up hitting the paper. Um, but <laughs> thank goodness for it too, because um, well, whatever is being said today is whatever needs to be said for today. So I I do fully believe that. Um, I, okay, sorry, side note, 
uh, whenever I go into like just give a share, like on a normal Zoom meeting or or an in person meeting, and I'm like, okay, I'm the whole time like before I'm like planning, like, okay, cool, I'm gonna pick on that line in the reading, and I can relate to this thing down here that this other guy said. Um, and sometimes I'll like be like, oh, I'm gonna listen, I'm sexaholic. <laughs> And the thought just totally leaves my mind. Um, <laughs> and I really, I've, I've learned to realize, okay, I guess God didn't want me to say that right now. Um, so I, I totally forgot. Um, I'll come back if I remember it. Thanks for letting me say it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I am getting way off topic. I cannot remember how I was supposed to tie this back. What, did you, what was the original question? <laughs> It sounds like you're in right here, right now. It sounds like that's exactly where you are, which is so cool. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I pulled it out to journal and, I, you know, what came out was whatever I just needed to say. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to listen back to this recording and be like, oh, yeah, that's what I should have said. <laughs> nope. I'm saying whatever God needs me to say for right now. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you, Melissa. Uh, oh, and happy birthday, too. Happy third birthday. Thanks. People with less than 30 days are encouraged to share also now. Uh, but I see that Brian has his hand up also. Brian, please go ahead. Thanks, Mary Kay. Um, I wanted to mention that if I can't resonate with a speaker, I calibrate. In your case, I could do both. First, calibration. Number one, you're at least one and a half, if not two generations away from me. So that's a big difference. The other is, it took me, I had an eight month or eight year skid mark of just trying to abstain before I got to where I resonate. The description of your problem was 100% me still. Uh, I don't like this. Well, lust, yeah. And then day at a time and the God of my understanding. So. I really appreciate that deeply and a lot. Um, and the on the dopamine issue, you know, everyone in 12-step, I guess, becomes we all become amateur neurologists. Um, I did have an outside help who's not an amateur give me something for dopamine. And I was 100 pounds overweight. And within a few years, I did lose all that weight, but it didn't get me sober. So dopamine wasn't my only problem, it turns out. And my step two like you, like you, you, you were inferring. Well, I used to go up and down the street around my house screaming at God. If you got something better than lust, bring it on, because I don't know how to stop. I didn't know what it was I needed, and you made an allusion to the Big Book, and there was a sentence in the Big Book that I couldn't escape. It's around page twenty-five. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. The central fact and the absolute certainty, and then my creator, if anyone knows, you know, my life being out of control means I got neurotransmitters splattering everywhere, and I have no clue what's going on up there. Uh, only my creator does. And only he can pull the fish hooks out of the fish barrel one at a time, cleanly and neatly. And, and I, I got that sense. That's where I resonated with the nature of what recovery means to you. I, I you, I, I, you did a beautiful job for me of articulating what it's like in the day, in a, the day of a recovering and a recovered uh, sexaholic. So thank you. I pass. 
Thank you so much, Brian. I really uh, connected um, with uh, some of the terminology you used. Um, <laughs> we become little amateur neurologists. Um, <laughs> so funny. Um, disclaimer, I have never studied psychology or anything of that nature and I'm not, um, not reliable to speak about depression or um, dopamine in any sense. Um, so go find a licensed professional for that. Um, I just used the terminology that I um, could find at the time. Um, my little experience. Oh, by the, oh, I wasn't saying that in any way, shape, or form. To, to uh, yeah, I wasn't trying to. That wasn't a backhanded like to you know. So um, I apologize if it came across that way. I, you know, I yeah. No, please don't misunderstand that. No. I appreciated that. So are you? Thank you very much, Brian. Um, I just I I just something that I meant to say earlier, and you reminded me of it. So um, thank you also very much for your uh, share. Thank you both. Alison, please go ahead. Hi, Melissa. Thank you so much for your uh, share. I really re resonated with a lot of it. And I can remember my first days of sobriety and I called you and we connected instantaneously. And I connected with a lot of other ladies in the rooms, which were so welcoming. Um, one of the things that helped me get through to be sober a year or so, a little bit more just for today. Um, what pieces of literature did do you like to read? What are your go-to literatures? Because I need to step up my literature. Interesting question. Thank you, Allison. And thank you for being here. Um, uh, go-to pieces of literature. Um, probably the reading commonly used in meetings. Um, I, uh, I've heard those so, so, so many times. And as many of you know, I have thus unintentionally memorized them. Um, and so whenever I'm in the moment, I'll be like, okay, serenity prayer, third step prayer. If the prayers aren't cutting it, then I'll start going, okay, what is a sexaholic and what is sexual sobriety? We can only speak for ourselves, actually, whatever. Um, um, uh, that kind of the, the intensity in which I need to get out of whatever is, you know, outside of me or inside of me bothering me, um, can help, I don't know, just kind of, uh, set things back to neutral. Like, I, I don't, I don't know how to explain that. Um, but additionally, um, I really like the big book. Um, I've recorded myself reading from chapter five of the big book. Um, I've got it on my phone and sometimes I'll listen to that while I drive. Um, and uh, there's so much there. <laughs> so much good stuff. So um, how it works, I guess. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you, Alison. Does anyone have a last question of our speaker? Or a last comment? Go ahead, John. Hi, I'm John Hill. 
Uh, I am from Gainesville, Georgia, and um, I was in that first meeting that Melissa came to. And uh, Melissa, thank you so much. I am so grateful to God for bringing you to that first meeting um, and for for letting me uh, be a member of your home group. And uh, you've brought so much and God has shown me so much through your journey. And um, I am just so, so grateful. And that's all I had to share. Thank you. Thanks, John. I really appreciate you too. And the Gainesville group. Thanks, John. Anyone else? We still have a couple of minutes left. Hey, it's Casey in Atlanta. Go ahead, Casey. Hey, um, Melissa, thanks for your story. And um, it was good. I mean, I, I know you from our meeting, but it was good to hear a little bit more about your day-to-day and how practical your program is because I I just always find it's some little thing like getting up and washing my hands <laughs> or going to um, uh, going to get a drink of water that really makes a difference between being able to bounce up and bounce down. So I appreciate what you had to say. And I did have a question that I wanted to ask you earlier, but now I can't remember it. So... <laughs> I'll just say thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thanks, Casey. I guess God didn't need it to be on this recording. (laughs) (laughs) I guess not. (laughs) I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.